Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Southern storm, a bold, liberating rock, shot through with blues, soul, and gospel. And now, your hosts for the show, Brian Jones and Jason Johannes. Welcome to another episode of the All Things Blues and Southern Rock Podcast. Now on Pantheon Podcast, go to Pantheon to find your most preferred uh, music podcast. There's a ton of stuff on there to choose from. You can't go wrong. You'll find something to your liking. With me always is Jason. What's up, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm I'm really good. It's been a good. Uh, I call it a the, you know the the week long birthday vacation. Um, the feature was seeing them dirty roses on Wednesday night in Henriette, Minnesota at Ryder Saloon. Did they where... serenade you or anything for your birthday? No, no. <laughs> Come on, um, Andrew. Yeah. Um. I. I. Uh, it was good to see them there. Um. I talked to Andrew a little bit before the show. Talked to Andrew and James afterwards. They played really, really well. They had a uh, drummer uh, fill in for Frank, of course, who just had a little baby girl. Um, so it was great to see those guys the second time. I, I had posted about, you know, everybody's like buying them rounds of shots. And it's like, how are you guys still standing? <laughs> But you know what? Veterans, I think they're veterans. Yeah, I think it may have gotten to James a little bit because after the show, then I went and talked to Andrew again for a couple minutes, and James comes up, gives me a hug, and he goes, "Hey, you curly-haired fuck." <laughs> <laughs> Those guys are a riot, and yeah, great band, great live band. They they do one of the best live shows out there. They are just so locked in with each other, Brian. You know, and then they released that single, uh, um, Highway My Home, and it's mm-hmm. almost got emotional over it because I really think, like, how, how, you know, 
it's not an easy life, you know. They're driving around in a van everywhere, and then they, you can see like some of the scenes in there where they're way backed up in traffic or driving in the rain. So it's it's just a hell of a commitment for bands these days because there's no big pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. They're you know they're just uh, out there on the road, driving everywhere, you know, sleeping in not the best hotels and stuff, which you'll you know hear about here. I listen to <laughs> you'll, uh, you'll hear about that in real yeah. real. Yeah, I listened to uh, Jay's episode with, uh, well, with our guests coming up, and uh, they mentioned it there as well, like, just yeah. like, oh, on the road and sleeping in tents at Sturgis, and so that was pretty one, cool. Hey, one thing I want to say about Pantheon Podcast, Brian, actually, the, since you remind me at the beginning, they have the official Metallica podcast now right. on Pantheon. So yes, Metallica's, that's a big deal, man. It is. That's a huge deal. We haven't mentioned that yet. We're kind of late on that. No, but, but we are we are on the Pantheon podcast with the official Metallica podcast. And you and I are both Metallica fans. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, man. I got to think about that more and how huge that is and just being part of all this. It's pretty cool. Use it. We got to use it in our marketing and everything for sure. Right. For sure. For sure. And the what, good thing about Metallica is they've got two really good guitar players in that band. They do. They do. And we like guitar players, don't we? We do. Of course. Do we know do we know two good guitar players that might be touring together? I think we do. And I think their names are Leilani Kilgore and Aaron Colburn. Yeah. And um I, I think Brian, you and I are you know, we're gonna talk to Aaron and Leilani. And I think you and I could take a little credit for this tour. I think we can, and uh, I mentioned I referenced them just here early, earlier, you know, forty-five seconds earlier, or whatever. Um, yeah, they mentioned it on Jay's podcast as well. Like met on our podcast, um, so of course we had a lot to do with that part of it. Um, they kind of explain how the the tour came about, um, but yeah, um, for sure, that's 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 where they met, and. Uh, what a what a uh, hilarious time talking to them. It's a lot Always, of laughs you know, too on, on when they're on Jay's podcast as well. Well, you know, Jay's kind of like us. He he has <laughs> likes to have a good time and has a more conversational format. But you know, we've had Leilani on, we've had Aaron on, we've had Leilani, Aaron, and Jax on together, mm-hmm. and now we have Leilani and Aaron on together to talk about this tour, which I'm going to go to Cleveland on Sunday and check them out. I cannot mm-hmm. wait. Are you, are you bringing uh, some sort of defense against Browns fans? <laughs> uh, no, I feel bad for him. So we're <laughs> right, no, right, yeah. this on a yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, I watched that game last night. Yeah, I did. Poor Nick Chubb, the yeah. only, like, for me, likable person on the Browns. He's a beast. and seems like, Just has his knee decimated on a cheap shot by the Steelers. So yeah. I'm sick Ch- of the Steelers. Cheap shot by the Steelers? Never happens. <laughs> Never happens. But no, I'm looking forward to going up there. You know, I've seen them both already play live, and I cannot wait to see them both play live at the same venue at the same time. Uh, they're such a great uh, uh, touring combo. That that totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. So they're they're bringing some heavy rock, and both came from the blues. But uh, it's a great pairing. Great pairing to see. I wish they were coming somewhere close. Uh, if they do, I will definitely go. So you guys all kick back, relax, listen to our conversation. With Leilani Kilgore and Aaron Colbert.
From the moment that I saw you, I saw the start and the end of me. Maybe that's why I stayed. Maybe it made no difference to leave. I was your match, honey, waiting to light up your dark like so many others, hungry to feel your spark. I found coolness in your eyes. Your touch was a sweet relief. The water I was chasing. While the rivers all turn steam and deep down, I knew it'd be the end. We're at the guest segment of the podcast. Jason's going to introduce our wonderful guest, returning guest, Jason. And we do have returning guests. They've appeared solo. They've appeared as a trio. Now they're appearing as a duo to talk about this super awesome Fire and Frets tour that's getting ready to kick off. Coming back to the show, our friends Leilani Kilgore and Aaron Coburn. How are you guys doing? Oh, fantastic. <laughs> the we're, screams. You're, Leilani, you're in Nashville, and oh, yeah. Aaron, you're in Cincinnati? Ohio. Oh, yeah. well, Ohio. The state of Ohio. You <laughs> it? It's hot in here. <laughs> Ohio's warm right now. Sorry. <laughs> but it rained today. You didn't get the rain and cooled everything off? No, well, it's like warm rain. It's a nice, warm. It's a nice rain. Yeah, it was. I and it, see, you're in Cincinnati, like the Middletown area. I'm in Columbus. We had cold rain, so like you're telling me, like two hours, it went yeah. warm to cold. A big difference. It's still, it's probably still summer in Nashville, right? Right, Leilani? Wow, we're <laughs> deep He's cooking here, guys. We're What's that? Into, we're getting into the heavy topics here with this rain temperature. <laughs> you just never know. But before Brian, <laughs> you lead off kind of what's going on with the fire frets, fire and frets tour, which is super awesome. I want to thank Leilani and Aaron for joining us tonight because the VMAs are on tonight. You guys chose to talk to us instead of watching MTV. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that either. I didn't know that till like five minutes before we got on here and I saw it pop up. <laughs> are you regretting this? <laughs> I, I looked at the list of people who were performing and I, honest to God, did not know a soul. So that's how you know you're you getting go. old and out of touch oh. with the mainstream. <laughs> I wonder if I'd know any names. <laughs> Do you two remember when MTV used to be nothing but videos? Yes. I didn't. I think I was too young. I didn't you watch MTV are... when it was. I don't know. I didn't watch it when it was VH1. out. I remember. I just remember. Maybe it was VH1 that I'm thinking of when they would just do nothing but music videos. VH1 held it on longer than MTV, I think, to actually play music videos. And then it's like all Adam Sandler and like whatever movies now. Yeah, maybe I maybe I, I just missed the cusp of the, because I mean I'm not much more older than Aaron, only like half a decade older I think. I don't. I think yeah, you guys are pretty close, but maybe that's those couple like, years. I was also busy watching SpongeBob, so if it was any time like after 2001, <laughs> then it may have it may have been on. But when did when did MTV stop doing that? You know what year? <sighs> Boy, I think in the. 2000s at some point like my kids are 20 and 18 and i don't think they've ever watched mtv in their entire lives to be honest with you so mm-hmm. let's call it what year is this 23 2003 interesting yeah so cool. as, as i've been diverted the reason they're on here brian why are they on here tonight where where why blah 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 that's another one for the blooper reel um <laughs> Why are they here tonight? There is a tour coming up called Fire and Frets, and Jason and I love to hear all about how tours come together, how this all happens. So 
which one of you would like to go first and saying how this all came together? This fire and frets tour coming up. Well, uh, Milani, do you want to go first? Time. Aaron, do you want to do you want to tell it this time? Uh, I mean, sure, I can do it this time. You did a great job last time. We were just on a podcast. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So. Who did you guys talk to before us? That's what I want to know. Jay. Jay. Oh, uh, <laughs> that bastard! I told him <laughs> I was talking to you guys. Jay, you bastard! I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, Damon Johnson, a brother Kane thing too. First. A week before. So, all right, fine. <laughs> somebody, somebody take Jay. Damn you, Jay. Well, Jay doesn't sleep, so. He does like 40 episodes a week. <laughs> oh my god. Whoa. We're exaggerating. All right. Who's ta- who's taking who's taking the lead on this one? Okay, sure. Um okay, so uh basically uh Leilani and I both are like we have the same booking guy and his name is Scott Boyer. And Scott was basically just long story short, was like, you you two gotta meet and you gotta do a tour, which we've already met. But like you brought I, I think you brought your Wait, name up, Leilani, and was like, I was like, meet? I know. How did we you met mean? through we met here right here and right. i told and you guys go to jay first to talk about this and the whole reason this tour is going on is because of our podcast well yeah. to be honest I feel, like <laughs> cheat, Ryan, I feel like we've been cheated on <laughs> to be honest this podcast was booked before that i think so okay. right. it just <laughs> happened before you're, you're like, you save some face whatever <laughs> with like the last minute oh by the way guys do you want yeah. to on sunday yeah. yes so, but yeah, and then Scott was like, you guys got to do a tour together. I'm like, uh, let's fucking do it. We have to. So, yeah, and now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> your your, I, your description was much better, Leilani. <laughs> I, say, I feel like there's more to that. Leilani, is there anything you'd like to add? Um, I mean, really, like, the only the only addendum that I had when I when I previously described how we ended up in the situation was the situation. Um, uh, Aaron's like... <laughs> <laughs> you have mob debt. You both have to pay off. That's how you're doing it. <laughs> uh, I mean, Aaron's the whole reason I even got on North Shore booking because I I saw that she because we met through you uh, with the yep. Christmas special, and then um, Aaron posted like a month long or two month long tour schedule, and I screenshotted it and I sent it to my manager and I said I want to like do this like this is what I want to do like I'm self booking right now. It's you know been like hard to piece together anything longer than six days. How do we? How do we achieve this? And he was like, well, fuck it. Let's just reach out to Aaron's booker and see if they have room in their roster. And pretty soon after we we hopped on North Shore, Scott was like, actually, how would you feel about touring with Aaron? Because you guys have similar backgrounds, similar fan bases. I was like, yes, absolutely. And it's been <laughs> like, it's been easy to get together. Um, Aaron and I, uh, Aaron's awesome. She's been super communicative. Her parents are awesome. Uh, her band is awesome, and uh, we just landed on fire and frets. We had the privilege of momentarily working with, like, I did the poster because That's our great. poster designer decided to have um, a truly class act tweaker moment. So everything it was, was interesting. interesting. It was like it was like three a.m. and I texted you, and I'm like, "Did you hear what happened?" What happened? <laughs> no, but please tell me. So everything's yeah. been very in house, and everyone's <laughs> been awesome covering whatever bases they need to cover. Aaron's uh, been fantastic, so that's kind of how it came together. But like we've been stoked from the get go, and we just figured like we've been bouncing off names, and eventually settled on fire and frets. We just feel like it's a very uh, honest representation of what she and I both do, and that's yeah. that. That's how it happens. And this is actually our first. It's your. It was we we talked about this, but it's our first like tour with someone else, like as like a co bill kind of thing. So it's my first time. It's my first proper tour. Yeah. Which is great. So it's going to kick ass. My cherry. Your first proper yeah. tour. Is that what you said? Yep. Oh, nice. Okay. The, so the double F tour. 
Yes. <laughs> I want to hear. Like I want to hear. I want to hear about what happened to the poster maker. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. I don't know how much we can get into, but I no think we'll just, we'll just leave it at there was some drama, possibly other substances involved, and uh, just a... Uh, I, I will tell you, though. Um, they became the, unavailable. The design that was that was proposed to us, uh, I have I have never seen a more artistically liberated version of myself. <laughs> <laughs> me too. I'm sorry. I agree with me too. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I texted you. I was like, it's clearly not me. I know. I said, I didn't know my hair was that big. And you go, my face isn't that angular. (laughs) Not that we were looking for like exact portrait. We were aiming for like some kind of like, it was like a comic book style. Like you had sent, Leilani, you had sent like, uh, what was it from? You had sent some really cool examples. I actually remember the Sturgis poster that they used this year. I thought it was kind of old school Star Wars 80s movie kind of vibe. We are like, oh, yeah, that would be cool. And we got back this like Pepto-Bismol pink poster with these two busty like attack of uh, Mars attacks sort of women. It was just in madness. So yeah. that was some cool parts of it. But the, the people were like, and there were no guitars. I'm like, this is a, this is a, this is a guitar thing going on here. And there, where's the guitars? <laughs> I wouldn't have even accepted like, like a ukulele would have been a little more convincing than I think we just had octopi. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of octopi. Yeah. And then, and then there was like, there was a guitarist that was eventually added in it, but it looked like a male guitarist. I'm like, oh no. Like we already, I know, like, I don't know if you've ever, like he added another guitar, play, he added a guitar player in. It was someone who was playing guitar. And, but it's it clear that we, we do play guitar. Was that my I think so, but it was, I'm like, who the hell put a male guitar player in? I have nothing against male guitarists, but for most of my career, anytime I've had another person on stage that is a male and has a guitar, 
and even if their rhythm, any guitar solo I rip, people come up to him and go, that was awesome soloing. He's like, I'm just the rhythm player, bro. Like, but that's like, no one can accept that a woman can play a fucking guitar solo. Like now it's, it's a lot better now, but at least back in the day. That's why I don't let John solo at all. Just to prove it. Yeah, right? It's like, it's, you know. <laughs> I saw harder. you let John solo when, uh, here a couple months ago in Ohio when I saw you guys play. I love I love when John solos. I just I, I you know we have our we have our moments worked out. He's a great guitar player, and I don't mean to. He's gonna give me shit if he ever hears this. But um, <laughs> no, I, I mean like we do have moments where we don't have it. We yeah. it's not the set list does not have time for John's moments yes. soloing. Um, and I I cover everything because uh I don't know maybe I'm just bitter. But it's called Leilani Kilgore, not John it's Carver. <laughs> that is true. I said earlier, Jason, I love to hear about like with anything like how festivals come together, booking and all this stuff. So I'm hearing kind of a combo of like, y'all been doing it yourselves, but then you meet this booker and all that. Um, So is this like your co-headlining is, are you guys going to flip flop who opens and who closes each night? Yep. Yep. Not every night. Uh, Well, we could. I think it's it's not every night because I don't mind going, I don't mind going earlier. So I think it's probably going to, it's going to be like kind of, play it by ear and whoever wants to go and whatever time i think we're all pretty flexible absolutely yeah so this list of clubs and things have you guys played any of those shows before at any of these locations um hold on i have the list here <laughs> all right uh, the music box in cleveland oh yeah there we go i see it yeah um i've played music box before it's a really cool venue it's it's been a while i think i opened up for like carvin jones there i'm pretty sure this this one is and i've played rebels bar before fanatics pub and yeah that's that's all i've oh wait and wait ramshead there was another one that we played no not ramshead okay that's all yeah that's all that i played leilani you've played some of these too no i've never played any of these i thought you had played uh oh no maybe not i thought you You never played funk and waffles no but that's i'm i'm very excited about it i'm not gonna lie i hear a lot about it I'm going to come see you guys in Cleveland with a friend or two of mine. I'm going to give you guys money because somebody needs to buy me a shirt from Funkin' Waffles. Oh! <laughs> okay, you got to tell us what size. <laughs> Large. <laughs> we almost opened for Walter Trout at Funkin' Waffles. We had we had the first hold. Did you not know this, Aaron? No. Are you serious? So, yeah, so we had the first hold on our date at Funkin' Waffles. And uh, I got an email from Scott, and I thought you were CC. Yeah. said, hey... So Walter Trout's people were actually asking about that date. You know, how would you guys feel about opening? And I was like, oh, yes. Yeah. And I guess it fell through, but that would have been yeah. opening for Walter Trout at a venue club, Punk and Waffles would have been one of the best resume bylines. <laughs> that would have just made my day. Hands so, down. Almost. Legendary. I think I do remember Ryan, that. I do remember that. Brian, you interviewed him at like the Fargo Blues Fest. Or yeah. Something once, for a couple of minutes. Yeah. It was cool. And, Good guy. Yeah. So these clubs that you're playing tell us a little bit about them at least aaron because you've been through some of them like what are we expecting here uh music box i think we're on the smaller stage it's in like the kind of like the bar restaurant area it's a, it's a great stage though like that um, area they've renovated is kind of close to um like the river uh, yeah 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 gotcha. yeah it's that it's that area because i know they have a really big stage but i think that's for like live nation acts maybe i don't know or like bigger acts like really large people um but it's a great stage and it's like it's a really really good crowd usually there um 
Rebels Bar is also smaller, but it's it's the sound is really really cool and it's a more intimate. I I like a lot of the intimate venues because you can stare people in like the freaking eye and just like intense eye contact the whole night. And um, you know I'm not squinting. I don't need my glasses. And then there's Fanatics, which is also another intimate place. That's uh yeah, that's Lima, New York. I don't know if it's Lima or Lima, but I have gotten ripped to shreds saying it both ways, so I'm gonna call it Lima Lima. <laughs> that's a cool place too not lima ohio lima new york or lima new york La lima new york yes and they have which is nice they they really take care of the bands there and they have like a little apartment above like the venue i think we're all staying in that so it's gonna be a little yes a little crowded Ooh. it's gonna be a little crowded but there's one bathroom so we're all but but they have bathrooms downstairs so we can use those but they really treat the brand bands great and um it's also haunted so a little creepy at night oh, oh please can do we tell do, do tell what, what what's uh, haunted I, no, I I just know other people have talked. Like the owners talked about stories. And like other people have talked about stories. I haven't experienced it. My mind is closed. I would probably shit bricks if I saw something. But um, yeah, it's haunted. So that's all. Yes. That's that's everything. We got to do like a road vlog, haunted haunted venue overnight. Oh my God. Like ghost you're gonna be the chill one, and I'm gonna be screaming my head off. <laughs> well, Jason Jason's wearing the Emily Wolf shirt. When we talked to her, she. Had some supernatural experiences. Get a, a haunted dorm room bathroom. Ooh. Oh, what, did oh. she see someone? Uh, her shower would come on intermittently, she said. <laughs> and then we talked through some of our favorite um, urban legends, and she was the skinwalker. She thinks the skinwalker could be a true, real ur urban legend. That's creepy. That's, That's incredibly so creepy. creepy. I'm not going to lie. We actually did have an experience at... Um, the venue that uh, you guys first saw me play at. Um, yes. I feel like yeah, that's what you said. You had, was in the back room, in the alley. What? What? what re repeat that story for us. The side of the building. The name of the venue is uh, uh, Tappies. Yes. So, so my, um, we were just hanging out after the gig, and uh, we're just mentioning, you know, it's really cool that it's like a converted house, basically, right? And uh, the owners were kind of telling us, yeah, well, it's kind of an odd story. So the building was originally owned by uh, a jeweler. And somehow, by either they're not sure if somebody was trying to rob the guy or what, but he was on the first floor of the house. And the safe on the second floor somehow came to the floor and killed him. And he's like, it's been known that people will see kind of an angular man in like a black coat with jeweler glasses on walking back and forth you know behind the back of the the building and so we're listening to the story and my bass player goes no shit he was like i was just standing outside smoking a cigarette in the back alley and there was a man sitting in a chair on the side of the building and uh he wasn't saying anything but he had a very small pair of glasses on and uh yeah so that's the story he he didn't really he didn't talk to the man but he didn't realize that it was actually kind of nobody there I just got chills. <laughs> oh. Brian, I have a feeling, Aaron, you're gonna you're gonna see when you guys go to what's what was the name of the place that had the haunting oh, cutting room? Uh, Fanatics. Fanatics. Yes. And that's in Lima Lima, New York. Lima Lima. Lima. <laughs> well, we're we're gonna have a spin-off of this podcast, like ghost hunters and in, in venues. Bands, I'm sure a lot of bands have stories because some of the venues that people play, like, like, like that. I guess every band, 
every band has that venue that they know of that's like f you know forever years old and is like sort of falling apart but has like a lot of mojo but you 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 know you know they're there <laughs> yeah so getting back to the non-supernatural realm leilani <laughs> this is kind of your first extended we'll get back don't worry this is kind of your first extended tour kind of what are you looking forward to in, in terms of a you know extended tour these type of rooms and clubs that you're going to be playing um, yeah, well, I mean, I've, you know, um, just from other people that I know in the industry who have been in the game longer than I've been alive, mostly, um, some of these places are actually, like, really historic, legendary, like, notch in your belt venues, like the Cutting Room, uh, you know, Rams Head, things like that. So I'm excited to get to go see these clubs and actually play on these stages, because, you know, it's kind of a bit of a rite of passage. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we've done so many road dates, you know, it's, you know, like when we did Sturgis and things like that, we were on the road for about a week and we've done like week long routes in the Carolinas and things like that. So it's not that we're not used to traveling. Um, I think I'm excited about us actually being out long enough to get in like a proper routine. And the beautiful thing about having someone like Aaron, who's co-billing with us, we're not going from like an hour one night to maybe three to four hours the next night. Like we have like an actual system in place. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I'm excited to get to play new markets and meet new people and you know, I, some of these places that we're going to are like in my favorite parts of the country. So it's just going to be great to see new places, play new stages and get to say, Hey, yeah, I played that venue and I played this venue and, you know, have that under, uh, under my belt, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Cause you know, I'm looking through your list here of, of venues and what Aaron kind of threw, man, there's some cool places. I know the Rams had, and we've talked to a lot of artists playing the Rams had there in Baltimore or Annapolis, I guess that's supposed to be really awesome. I've always heard about the token lounge. Same thing about the music box. I try to stay out of Cleveland as a general rule. Some of you grew up in Cincinnati, but I will come to Cleveland for you guys. So yeah. I, I, I will I will see that venue. You know, you guys in the cold stairs are the only reasons I'm, I'm going to Cleveland. <laughs> so it's always exciting for Jason and I to, you know, all the bands, you know, especially younger bands, artists, whatever, to see them, uh, you know, building success in real time. And it's very cool. I know Leilani wasn't that long ago. You posted about you know you got your you got the van now, and then now this booking agency. So for both of you, is that something? Do you journal at all, or do you remember dates, or is that just something a mental note and a memory? And um, I think that's what Instagram's for, right? <laughs> True, Instagram I, I memories. Try keep, I, I try to keep journals. Like I actually read that. Um, uh, Jack White kept a journal on the road and he's, you know, you, you can find snippets of things that he would have written, you know, when he was on tour of the White Stripes. And it's these really weird, bizarre uh, experiences that I think people wouldn't typically remember while they're out on the road. Because we do, Aaron, like we experience a lot of really bizarre shit on the road. And then it just kind of becomes like a baseline of like, oh yeah, there was a clown in the audience that was selling acid in the parking lot. That makes sense. <laughs> like, yeah, like you know, don't seem abnormal at a certain point. But looking back, might have been really weird or like fun to get to revisit. So I've tried to keep journals for that reason, but I'm actually just shit at it. So um, no, I, I I think that's where photos come in handy. But then how often do we really look back to our phones anyway? So it's just you know. I, I try to I try to make mental notes of things or like if something really bizarre does happen, I'll I'll throw it in my phone and be like, this is a thing that happened here and probably never look at it again. But or some yep. girl to bars trying to hit on your bass player drummer. Who was that? That you guys had a rescue there in Taffy's last time? We were rescuing uh maybe your drummer? Our bass player, Josh. Okay. 
I know. I know you guys received an urgent text. You had to go out and rescue them. <laughs> Apparently, she's a person. So she's she's t was a tad aggressive. Uh, yeah, she was a tad aggressive, and she was very offended that um, that we stepped in. She was not pleased, Ooh, and uh, eventually, wonderful. it got through through the alcohol in her blood that we were we were rebutting her advances. So, uh, yeah, Keith and I went and hid at one point as well. Just so, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> just just left you guys high and dry um all right so are you guys going to jam together i we don't see talked us. about it but we should we <laughs> um yeah i i think that would be a fantastic idea i know like um i know personally my manage uh my manager has been like you know you and aaron should really figure out a song to you know play together while you're on the road i said that'd be a great idea we just haven't really talked about it yet yeah yeah, I, I cool. say that um I think it'd be good to at least get like at least get the few couple dates under our belt or you know just out of the way make sure that we're cool with everything and then and then it would be awesome to figure out a way for us to yeah yeah, yeah it might be like a last few days kind of kind of thing where we make it really special like these yeah, exactly. these shows are what we're gonna do something cool yeah it's because it's oh go ahead well I was gonna say here's here's an idea <laughs> You guys kill it on guitar, and you're going to have this whole show where you guys are just doing all these wonderful things with your guitar. But maybe you guys get out together and you play something like a Ramon song or like <laughs> just some three power chords. <laughs> just like, <laughs> Interesting. Let's creep up. Soul. <laughs> <laughs> So, all right, go on, Aaron. I'm sorry. I, I, I interrupted with my shenanigans here. Oh, no, shenanigans are welcomed. I think it's cool. <laughs> glycerine by, you know, you could play glycerine. Yeah, there we go. Let's just okay. go. Okay. May have to take this into consideration. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, help me out here. You're doing just fine yourself. <laughs> I'm going to let you hang yourself. No. <laughs> I just, no, I, that would be so funny though you guys are probably how long is your set each hour and a half hour and 15 minutes 45 to an hour i think 45 to an hour i think our longest set's going to be a 90 minute like each okay. i think that's for smoking hot chicks which i'm thinking i'm running sound for that one too so, so funkin and waffles and smoking hot chicks back to back yeah yeah 10 5 10 these 6 are some, these are some great names that these venues are going to i know right <laughs> I just want to play the slippery noodle in. That's on my bucket list for venues. That's a good one. That's a good Where one. I will that? say, you have to play. It's an awesome venue, but you play three seventy-five minute sets, Woo! and you get a thirty-minute break, and it's we're, you're up to like one a.m. if you're in the big room. I love it. I've been I've been playing slippery noodles since I was little, but they have new management now, so I haven't been back for a while. Um, but it's it's a long freaking night, but it's a cool fucking venue, and the audience is, is awesome. Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Where is that? Uh, Indianapolis. Yep. Right, right what? there. We, we. I saw my first biker gang there. My mom was like, "Don't look anyone in the eyes." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "It's fine, mom. I'll just wave." <laughs> so you know, they wear leather. We wear leather. It's all good. Well, my speaking of biker gangs, though, Leilani, you yeah. played Sturgis. Like well, that's nothing but biker gangs. Kind of. The only actual, you know what, Sturgis was hardcore, but uh, uh, I think Jason and Brian, you guys know this. I have a side project that I'm in called the Beat Creeps, which is mm -hmm. like this very, mm -hmm. like, like literally legit punk, legit punk, uh, 
bass player and I, we both dress up in like PVC and latex and fishnets and heels. And part of my job is to literally beat the shit out of the singer with a baseball bat. It's awesome. That's amazing. I have a bullwhip in the back of my amp. It's fantastic. But we did play a club in, God, where were we? Somewhere, I, I want to say somewhere in the Midwest. And um, it, we walked in, it was like, like really in like a small town, kind of out of the way, like no AC in the venue. I think the stage was like that far off the ground. There was like, you know, pool tables, like that kind of thing, like a, like a serious dive bar. But the audience, we didn't know this, was entirely biker gangs, like biker gangs that didn't get along very well, people that were affiliates of Hell's Angels. And one of these bikers comes up to us after the show to Ariel and I, and we're out smoking a cigarette. And he goes, hey, do you guys want to come to uh, the clubhouse with us? And we were like, the clubhouse? And he was like, yeah, we're all going to the clubhouse after the show. Do you want to come? We're like, oh, we'll talk to our band about it. So we went over to our singer, Nick, and we said, hey, Nick, we got invited to the, the, the clubhouse. He goes, first of all, that's a Hells Angels clubhouse. Second of all, absolutely fucking not. We are not going to that clubhouse because they're not going to be as friendly as you think they're going to be. And we we're like, yeah, but it'd be cool to like go for the experience. He's like, no, you're not understanding. Like if you go, we can't help you. So we didn't go, but it was nice to get the invite. Wow. Like you can't go unless someone's going to vouch for you. So that was kind of cool. But that was my, that's my biker gang experience. But Sturgis was cool too. Sturgis is, you know, Sturgis is like, this weird alien planet just full of motorcycle riders. I saw the video. You like you put those fuckers in their place. The people that were honk like doing the and I'm like, I I don't know what I would have done, but I was taking notes from you because I'm like, damn, she owned that fucking stage. That was awesome. It's actually what? a huge compliment. Like that's considered like that's like audience applause is them rubbing their edges. But really? I was I have a fucking job to do and Lita Ford is literally waiting to go on stage. So we're gonna yeah. have to cut this short a little bit. I'm honored, but I was wondering what were you like what you were thinking like because I mean that's cool that it's like a good thing like I was yeah I'm just like I want to play my damn song and get, yeah. out, get out of the way <laughs> no that was awesome <laughs> Leilani did you get to talk to Lita at all and if so did any kind of advice or thing she told you or no um you know so we all shared the backstage area at Sturgis for that stage and I did um, I didn't even really see her, to be honest. I mean, we saw her. She sound mm -hmm. checked before we did. I saw her side stage. But honestly, in situations like that, um, if the artist feels, you know, if they seem like they're 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 free and they have a moment to talk to you and and they are um, they're comfortable with that, then I'm so happy to engage. But typically, I just figure like, you know, they're here to do a job, mm -hmm. and I don't know what their their mental yeah. headspace is, and I don't know what their routine is. So I don't like to typically engage unless it's something that's you know, made clear that they're open to that. Mm -hmm. um, I did walk by Limbiscuit's dressing room and his door was open and they were in there and they didn't know who we were, obviously, except for a bunch of kids running around behind the stage. And they looked very concerned that we made eye contact with them and that door remained shut for the rest of the time. So <laughs> I don't know. That was that was my experience with Lita Ford and Limbiscuit. But, they, you know, everybody on their crew was super nice. The Sturgis crew was super nice. Um, yeah, I would have loved to have got the chance to speak with her, but... Typically, I don't like to engage unless it's, you know, I don't want to be that person. Mm -hmm. so. Man, that's super mature. Thank cool. you. And professional. Only time that's ever said about me, but thank you. But next time you go past Slim Biscuit's dressing room and it's open, go in there and break stuff. <laughs> well, I think part of the problem is, like, I don't think Wes Borland wants anyone to know what he actually looks like. And I think we saw him without his stage makeup. And oh. it was, like, stumbling upon, like, federal sealed documents. So... <laughs> 
<laughs> like did like time freeze like when the movies were the you know the record player goes and everybody right, exactly. freezes. <laughs> everyone just kind of looked at us like this and we were like oh shit sorry <laughs> don't don't worry they'll be they'll be wondering someday if they can ask you questions backstage they'll be like should we approach her i'm a little nervous and you know what they can't. <laughs> there you go yeah hell no Totally non-approachable. Add, add the sound effect. Who <laughs> shut the door now, motherfucker? <laughs> Aaron, for you. So again, this is kind of your your first co-headlining tour at the same time. We kind of got um, a little bit of Leilani's perspective, but for you, kind of, what's it mean for you? It's exciting to have like someone that like gets it on tour. I don't know, like it's like because like Leilani and I both are in positions where we're finding a band. And I'm sure we've had a lot of similar experience experiences. So like, I'm excited to also like have a friend on tour. Like now that I'm friends with my band too, they're also, we're, we're all friends, but it's nice to have like an even bigger group. And like Leilani had said um, on Sunday when we were on Jay's podcast that like, we're like a team and it's cool. Cause we have a, we have a big team. We're traveling as Don't like- Don't bring up Jay's podcast again. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I just, Screw I wanted to Jay. refer. <laughs> <laughs> but like yeah we're, we're now we're, we're gonna have members. to make sure this episode comes out after his because you reference back to it drop it tomorrow tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah there we go screw you we're gonna title it screw you jay <laughs> perfect you know title if, on it. if y'all are on his podcast again we better start hearing about us on his <laughs> we we did actually talk i think we did talk about you guys on there so don't worry shout outs have been have been made yeah. <laughs> Jay's yes. Jay's our friend. We're really yeah, good he's a good dude. It's, it's fun to give him shit, and uh, it, it's it's kind of so. I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in kind of our perspective of the podcast world, kind of like how you guys are on tour and everything. Same thing for us. We share a lot of the common, you know, guests and things. We share PR contacts, contacts. How'd you get this guest? It's it's kind of nice to have. Yeah, it's really uh, good for us. A brother's in arms for you, a sister in arms, kind of to share these things mm-hmm. with. Yeah, yeah, and like. The industry, especially with women, like, will be like, oh, uh, you're you're going to be friends with a woman that's doing, like, similar things to you? No, you can't. You can't do that because that's competition. Like, everyone in industry, like, or, like, labels, like, no, we can't sign a woman. We already have a woman. A. One woman. Like, we can't sign anymore. Are we not past this yet in, no, in the music there's, industry? No, there's still a lot of, comp- like, uh, there are some people I've talked to in the industry that are, like, so against women working together. You know, I've known, I'm not going to speak names, but there was a tour I was going to, like, possibly be on and they're um they were a female like fronting artist and their management said no way you're having another woman open for you like no yeah. freaking way I've heard so that yeah so this i feel like this is a step in like an awesome direction of like women just being like okay fuck you like all these people are saying you can't do this like like we're gonna be stronger if we actually you know tour together and hold each other up and like talk about our different experiences so i think this is exciting Brian, I think this is more marketable having you both on here. Don't you, Brian? You've got two yeah, excellent sure. guitar players, singers, performers playing. Yeah, and I'm curious to know, like, it'll bother me when I'll hear, like, a guy say, or whoever, you know, they'll be talking to a female artist, and they'll, they'll, they'll like, really emphasize it. What's it like being a woman and, or a guitar player? It's like, how about just, what's it like being a guitar player? Yes! You know, like what, is like- that something that you guys... <laughs> get frustrated with on any level or just something that you just like water off a duck's back yeah which way it's frustrating yeah because like you don't play guitar with your genitalia like i don't see male guitar players (laughs) you don't their dick around the fucking (laughs) 
his fretboard. I mean, in public at least, but still. You you know? Don't give people ideas, please. <laughs> it's probably a thing, man. <laughs> I've, I've gotten a little snappy um, over the topic. Just be, I can't remember. Uh, somebody was, inter- in fact, it was another female. She was interviewing me and she wanted so badly to steer the conversation towards my plight as a woman in the industry. And eventually I just said, look, yeah, I've, I've, I've been treated uh, in misogynistic ways. I've had comments made towards me that were incredibly disrespectful just because of my gender. Um, I have had people uh, that I've worked with being incredibly rude to me because they felt like I didn't deserve the position that I had or things like that. But it doesn't really matter because ultimately I am of the mindset that your work speaks for itself. Your work ethic speaks for itself. And, um, you know, I've gotten to where I am, not because I take advantage of the fact that I'm a woman, but because I, you know, I'm not scared to put myself in the ring because I have faith in, in what I've achieved over, over my, how many years of playing and, and, you know, it it shouldn't make a difference. And honestly, I'm not going to present myself as a victim in the industry just because of my gender, because I'm not a victim. I'm actually, you know, I, Mm. yeah, I've had. I've been rejected from from gigs or whatever, and I've had bad nights, but I'm not going to say that everyone should take pity on me or I should be treated mm. you know, one way or the other simply because of my gender, because I work hard and and I'm and frankly, I'm tough and I don't need to to sit, tell everyone, hey, you know, I'm a woman and poor me because I don't focus on the things that were, you know, in the past uh, used against me due to my gender. I focus on the things that I've achieved regardless of it. Yeah, and you got a little bit of that at Rock and Pod, I think, too, because we talked to you and John last, and we were kind of laughing about a whole lot of, hey, what's it like to be a woman in rock, that type of thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And I'm not saying that we we aren't, there aren't cases where we're at disadvantages, you know, and, uh, and that's kind of the other odd thing about how the industry has changed, at least, you know, from what I've seen, I do see women being a lot more prevalent in uh, in the industry, but I've also noticed a lot of females who get endorsements and things like that they're not actually even gigging. It's just, they're an attractive woman. Let's give them an endorsement. You know, yeah. I, that, that bothers me a little bit too, because then it's like discrediting the work that we put in as, as, as well, it's like the TikTok star stuff, right? People can get famous on a 30 second clip right now without really any talent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I, don't know, I felt compelled to tell you this, like, so you've heard us talk about the band Jane Lee Hooker from, from Brooklyn and I'm admin on their Facebook fan group that I started. And there was a guy that was coming on there and really emphasizing that, like, you know, Oh, you're pretty good for a girl rock band, that kind of stuff. And I had to, I removed the guy, but I don't know, this part maybe isn't relevant, but I feel compelled to tell you anyway, like just real quick story that's relevant. Like, my dad split on my mom and my brother and I when we were really young. So she moved back in with her mom. So I was raised by my mom and my grandma. So to me, I'm always super reverent to women, you know, maybe hopefully not too much, you know, but I mean, that's why it bothers me when I hear these guys say, or whoever say like, what's it like being a female rocker? How about what it's like I said earlier, how about just the fact that they're musicians and guitar players? What's it like playing coming up right now as a guitar oriented rock rock? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm not saying to not acknowledge, you know, like I'm 
I like to acknowledge the femininity. I don't always do that. I like to, you know, sometimes mm. I feel like I'm just a masculine and that's fine. And I take pride in the fact that I'm a woman and I'm not afraid to showcase that, but I also don't feel like it's an excuse for anything. Mm. I just think it's cool because like anywhere you go, that's usually a bunch of dudes on a, or guy bands on a bill, but to have this opportunity with two great up and coming stars like yourselves play together and just happen to be females. I mean, that's, you don't get the, you don't get to see that. And there needs to be more of that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Aaron, you've probably had a lot of similar experiences to me because we both started out in blues and we've transitioned more into the rock world. I mean, how how do you feel about, you know, when people address you from the view of, oh, well, you're a woman, so this is not in their form? Yeah, I mean, I I had a lot of it growing up. Like, when I, when I started playing guitar, you know, it was normal, fine, but then when I started, like, going to open jams and, like, actually doing gigs, around, like, local gigs around town, I was, like, 14 or 15, like, when I like was really doing that like a lot and there were certain societies like blue societies that would not market like or like tell anyone about my shows at all because and it was the same like five guys in this blue society they were they were advertising the same but they would never ever advertise females ever never talk about their shows or anything and there were plenty of great blues females musicians around cincinnati right so yeah, I, 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 I had it at a young age. And I was always so confused because like when you're young, you're not looking at like, I'm a woman, like I can do this and I'm a female guitar player. You're just looking at, I like guitar. Like, why can't we all have that kid outlook mm. of like, I, I just play guitar, you know, like you don't think about that when you're growing up. So, but you yeah. know, now it's become, I'm a, I become aware of it and it's like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's obnoxious. <laughs> The first memory I have of, of really becoming aware of it was I was playing a blues gig in, I think, San Diego, and I was probably 14 or 15, and I was carrying around this stupid, heavy red Tolex, like, carbon V3 head and speaker, like, situation, and it was just, you know, heavy and ridiculous, unnecessary, and I was carrying my amp, and I think there's a bit of a, I think there's a bit of a, a difference in, like, I think males of a certain age, especially, uh, it, they don't see this as disrespectful, but I was carrying my amp and I just remember some old guy saying to me, you shouldn't be carrying your own gear. You're a girl. And I was like, mm. what, like, why does that mean that like, I want to carry my own gear because A, I have trust issues and I don't like people and B, like <laughs> I'm capable of lifting a piece of equipment. Like it's okay. And I think ever since then, it just like, then I got spiteful and I've always insisted on carrying my own gear, which if I shrink like over the course of the next 10 years by four inches that's my own fault but like <laughs> I'm like aware of it just being like why like why in what rule book does it say that spinal I damage for spite yes yeah 100 spinal damage <laughs> spinal. <laughs> that should have been the tour name <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the that's the spring tour name yeah there we go uh, no after this tour that's what you get <clears throat> warning spinal damage may may occur <laughs> No, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, there's, there, you're right. There is like this rule book that's like, where, 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 where is this written? Because I don't see it written anywhere. So why? <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Right. I don't think there meant anything bad by it, you know what I mean? Like, and we had a situation yeah. where after a show recently, someone came up to me and said, well, you, you must be a man because women don't play guitar like that. I was like, oh, well, you want to check? Because last time I was like. Did you punch him in the throat? <laughs> no, because it was an older gentleman. And I feel like it doesn't. You don't they gotta learn too. Yeah. I, have, I have a question, Leilani. Have you ever had someone come up to you and tell you about another female guitarist 
in the most sexist fucking weird way because i had some man come up to me and tell me about yeah this one guitarist again not mentioning names i just love how short her skirts are it just makes and then she and then he also he proceeded to go there's another guitarist she gained weight so she doesn't play as well i'm like oh do you God. hear yourself man he, he was telling me all of this like face to face and i'm just like how do i respond to this <laughs> uh, first of all i think i think i know who you were talking about in that first comment and um I have my own opinions about that. You know, I do feel like her. Yeah, that's a whole other barrel of snakes I'm not going to get into. But um, it is, <laughs> I've had that happen where, where men come up and talk to you about other female guitarists, but they don't talk about their playing. They talk about no. their looks. It's like, exactly. There's more, you know, but we do play. Like it does happen. Yeah. Like, you know, the noises you're hearing are coming. <laughs> yeah. Neat. Heaven, heaven forbid that you wear something too that's like like if you wear like a like like i love to wear like crop tops or you know just things that like reveal my stomach because i have a stomach tattoo but like i wear that and people are like she can't play because she's wearing not enough clothes it's like, if i wore a paper bag you'd probably say that like it's weird because we get judged based off of what we wear a lot too like if you don't wear enough on instagram you have like i had a guy yesterday that's like she obviously isn't making this video for the guitar and i'm like bro i'm wearing what the fuck i want to wear but like you have these guys look at robert robert plant like you can see his dick through his pants and it's tight right. as possible and no one was complaining about that so right. and, yeah apparently someone <laughs> made a comment to my manager recently he said oh she's great but she you know she needs to show more skin like you know she doesn't even show her ankles i'm like no well oh. sorry look like here have at it look <laughs> <laughs> they said ankles for real well, I don't know if he said that, but that was my manager's like addition was like, you know, maybe you could just like your pants could be a little bit shorter. I'm like, if I want to, if I want to walk out there in a bra and a thong, I will do that because I feel like it, not because yes. I feel the need to do that. Like I dress comfortably because I want to dress comfortably. Yeah. I understand that there is unfortunately a mass market appeal when it comes to women, especially, you know, who are trying to make a name for themselves in this industry, uh, mm -hmm. who will choose to dress skimpy to take advantage of that. And personally, I think if you're comfortable with that and you're making that choice on your own, then by all means, have at it, like free reign. But I don't want to feel like I have to do that in order to succeed. And exactly. that's, that's where I think there's a bit of a disconnect still in the industry. Yeah, yeah. You should be able to do it because you want to do it. And it hasn't, again, it's like one thing has nothing to do with the other thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah. See, I would just ask you, how come you how come you're not wearing the wolf's headdress like Jack's? <laughs> Where's your animal head? <laughs> yeah, That's a, no. and I mean that as a compliment. We love you, Jax. Only because her. I haven't worn that since I owned one in <laughs> sixth grade, and uh, and I have not felt the need to bring it back. Here's what you do: the next guy <laughs> also, makes a socius. What? Go ahead. Well, where you can't flip your head around if you're wearing a hat on your head, like. <laughs> Sorry. My suggestion is, is the next time some dude makes a really sexist or off kilter comment, kill him, skin him, and wear him. <laughs> <laughs> that might ruin the, ruin the brand a little bit. <laughs> See, when we're on the uh, guesting with Jay or him with us, it's the kind of things that him and Jay start talking things about. Like, really, they go way Jay off. Jay and I are like... really bad comp. We're a really <laughs> bad combo, especially if Brian's not there to supervise. It's this is the best podcast when they just go off the rails and it's just like, what in the world did you just talk? Like, I like, I listen to Howard Stern a lot. My dad always has them on. Yeah. I remember the first time that my dad put a Howard Stern episode on and I was, I was young. I was like, holy shit. People talk about this on the radio. Like what in the world is going on? So yeah. Right, I wanted to... Because he lulls you into a sense of like comfortable. 
Like, yeah, like, mm. and then he whips out a question like, so what's your sex life like? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brian, was that what you are going to ask? Oh, no. Well, I was going to go into, hey, I want to like shift into humor and bits. Like, So Jason and I have talked about like slowly adding like bits where someone's pretending to call in and you all both have something there. Leilani, we see when you have like bizarre things in your hotel room, the way it's structured or whatever. So we want to do what's in my hotel room with Leilani Kilgore. And of course, and of course, Aaron, you're so good at those skits. Like, I'm going to play a prank on my band. And then yeah. the dude's standing in the corner, like on Blair Witch Project. And then he's holding the drums, the chicken drumstick. That's pretty funny. <laughs> so where do you find how to use? Where do you find these bizarre things in your hotel room? Does that just come up? Does it come up for both of you? Like, why is this like this? Well, I just, I'm, I'm on a budget and I I really stretch it. In fact, I felt bad because um, the the last, one of the worst hotels we stayed in, I mean, like cigarette burns in the covers, mysterious stains on every aspect of every surface, like just unfathomable color and decor choices. Uh, I didn't even want to take a shower. That same hotel that we stayed in that night was the night that my bass player and I took a absolutely unnecessarily irresponsible amount of mushrooms. And I had a great time. <laughs> Apparently, we got back to the hotel and he had the worst night of his life. And hotel is not even the applicable word for where we were staying. So he's stuck tripping balls in probably one of the dirtiest motels we've ever stayed in while well, i'm just like i don't know drawing colors on my phone or something and he thinks that he's genuinely dying so um that's mostly if i post a video of like why are things like this in this location it's because i you know i mean my band my band is great they're very they're very understanding that we we're balling on a budget but even sometimes the places I book, even I'm like, this is really pushing it, you know? So it's never by choice. It's always by surprise. I think I remember, wasn't like, like a shelf, like coming out of the wall in a weird space for no reason and stuff like that. Just the way they're structured. Just some really, really odd places. Yeah. Not, not the kind of place to take a load of mushrooms and then go try to sleep. <laughs> Where <laughs> is the best place to take a load of mushrooms? <laughs> On Jay's podcast. Probably your own home. Not a day's in. It's not a so Aaron, how do you come up with your bits that you guys do with your you do with your band like that? Is that just um, spur of the moment? Or are you thinking about that? Like what kind of like thing can we do? Yeah, it's just spur of the moment. It's kind of like like for a little bit there, I was on like a comedy kick and I wanted to make comedy videos because I was following this guy on TikTok. I think his name's like Jericho. Um, and then he has a friend that makes similar videos, but it's like fever dream videos. It's one thing leads to the next. A lot of like funny like metaphors and things like that, but it's it's basically a fever dream. Like one thing would lead to something totally random and totally different, but it's all just you just can't stop watching it, and you just then you're just on the floor laughing because there's just these stupid one-liners. So I'm like, I want to make videos like that. So we did that. We actually did that with one of them. Um, the first one that we did was the snack house video, and that went viral. Like that's what blew up my Instagram was the snack house video and it was like this dumb thing of like I, I don't even remember actually I don't even know how the video goes all I remember is when I was doing my guitar it was making like a <laughs> sound <laughs> and when my drummer hit the drum it was like crunch 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 so it was really random but yeah uh, we just I don't know we, we I, I write scripts because I took this TikTok marketing course 
and because I, I just love learning and like there's always like I, I like social media because it, there's something like it's constantly changing and there's something new to learn or like the like things you can you know dive into and so I took this marketing course and they were like like try writing a script out and I'm like okay I can write a script I like to when I was young I would write movies and stuff like and hand it to my friends and like let's do a play and they'd be like no and um but uh, I was I was always that friend that was very controlling of the friend group. I'm like, let's play tennis. And they're like, no. And I'm like, let's do this. They're like, no. So, but, um, but yeah, anyway, uh, scripts and stuff. And then the script, we don't normally follow the script, but it's a good starting point. So, but yeah, we were in the green room for the chicken wing one. We were in the green room of Mojo's Boneyard. And I, uh, <laughs> I was like, we have to order chicken wings. I have an idea. <laughs> so, <laughs> yep. And then Tim got on a ladder and went in the closet and stuck his head out. It's fun uh are we going to team up for some social media tiktok instagram videos we yes. should we should oh. get some really chaotic ones too if you're down it, for it yes. oh the the more chaos the better let's I, go <laughs> I chaos. please I, I might be more excited for that than the, the seeing you guys play <laughs> <laughs> this whole tour i think whether we're on stage and off stage it's gonna be a blast <laughs> There, there is a lot of energy for sure. Yes. I do have a real, real music related question. And Lonnie, I think you said it oh, earlier. Um, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Compose yourself. All right. Uh, you talked about you guys are kind of both in the same position where you start out as really blues oriented musicians and you moved into more of a rock. Uh, progression I kind of want to hear from both of you was that conscious choice like natural like wh this why are you doing this transition now uh, I think Aaron is is honestly making the mo more drastic transition between the two of us so Aaron and you've got some really cool shit going on so I'm gonna I'm gonna Thank let you. you know this yeah um okay so yeah, we both know. I, I we grew I grew up playing the blues, um, and I love the blues. I really enjoy listening to it. But for the longest time, and like actually for my whole life, I have struggled writing blues songs because I've hear so many people over my shoulder going, "That's not traditional blues. That's not blues. People are not going to accept that as blues." And I felt like I was being crammed into a box. So that's kind of what left a bitter taste in my mouth from blues and i still love blues i love so many blues artists and like i enjoy getting up and jamming with people and you know because it's awesome because it's like a full conversation you can have with no words it's amazing i like on guitar and um but yeah so that kind of pushed me away from calling myself a blues artist because it just didn't feel like i was fitting in that and so i went to rock because rock can be anything it's like it's not a chord progression people aren't saying it has to be 12 bar it can't be this rock is so many different things there's like tons of different subgenres. there's tons of audiences that just like are really like open-minded with it so it's kind of what drew me into that and um you know yeah so uh i've been going in a heavier direction recently i do love metal i love all that stuff i'm not a metal artist i don't think i ever will be but i've learned um I took some screaming courses from uh, <laughs> Melissa Cross and she did like, she taught Tori, Corey Taylor how to scream properly, you know, and keep his voice healthy. And she's, she's done a lot of awesome things. So she blew my mind with, with that. And I really wanted to unlock different parts of my voice so I could use that to write. Like I'm not writing screamo songs and they're not death metal. It's not like all screaming, but just so I can sprinkle, you know, like even what Prince did, Prince would sprinkle in a couple like, yeah, you know, some, yeah. some screams like that. So 
Um, but yeah, I'm moving towards the hard rock direction. I, I really enjoy bands like Sleep Token, like Cleopatric, like all, all kinds of things, like Loathe. So, and I'm working with my, uh, my dream, like engineer producer right now with it too. So I cannot be more excited. Yeah. Your clips you've been posting on social media sound great. Thank you. None of, none of those actually are uh, going to be on the album. Well, <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. One of them might be, but yeah. So <laughs> it's kind of a weird limbo stage right now because I'm working on the album and, um, I can't post those songs yet on social media, so I'm just sure. writing other riffs that are in similar styles to it. And you, you picked up a seven-string guitar, mm -hmm. right? That's going to be my main baby, probably. And I just got... Hold on. I just got some new pickups for it from Lace, because I'm an artist for Lace now, and they sent so cool. these... Oh, my... I, I opened this today, and my heart exploded. I was so excited. They're, it's the Death Bucker pickups and the Classic pickups. So I'll be able to get some really nice clean tones on my seven string, but then when I want to go crazy, I can go crazy. So I'm, okay. I'm stoked about that. Leilani, we incorporating screaming in your new stuff? You know, honestly, um, I, I, that's one of my favorite. I love, like, there's, like, I, I listen to everything except for pop and country. I can't do it. But one of my favorite genres is, like, heavy death black metal and like like i've always listened to that for as long as i can you know ever since i was a teenager and i love that kind of music i thought that that was going to be my calling um and you know even when i do like if i you know for my broadway shifts down here in nashville if i'm playing on broadway i will do heavy things like rage against the machine and i'll do uh you know like um things that require that kind of like heavy vocal grit. And Aaron, it's actually, <laughs> I'm going to talk to you about this because I love a good scream and I love yeah. raspiness and I, and I do um, incorporate it from time to time during live shows. Um, I will say there's a song that um, I just wrote with Tuck Smith and we're going to track it next month. Uh, we um, Schedules are hard. Schedules are very hard. And so we're going to be doing six songs in october that we were supposed to be doing this month we're going to do them next month we're going to get into ocean way and um one of them is a song that Tuck and i wrote and after i did the vocal take uh we were both like if we didn't love this song so much and i didn't want to own this song and get to play it and record it it's the kind of thing that we would have wanted to pitch to lizzie hale or dorothy because it has that rock vocal element and i mm -hmm. love the rasp um but due to my 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 career predilections so to speak my playing preferences um i don't see myself going into crazy like hardcore metal or hardcore music in general um i like walking the line of like heavy riff based mm -hmm. very tough very uh you know like um uh like the like the kind of the kind of music that like I mean frankly that I'm kind of doing now and writing it's, yeah, yeah it's not it's not blues because like Aaron like you I can't write a traditional blues for the life of me it bores me I don't like it it's not my thing but I can write something that's that's uh like very um like pedal to the metal like full throttle uh like riff based um heavy vocal sort of thing and then I also like sometimes like occasionally like experimenting in the softer realm of things like take it for granted which is coming out uh, in the beginning of october is a major key love song which is weird but i like having the freedom to 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 walk in you know multiple subgenres um so yeah like aaron you know i don't like to uh box myself into one thing and for the longest time i thought i had to and you really don't especially not nowadays because everything's singles based you can have 
a heavy hardcore rock song, one single, and then have something that's borderline country the next. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I am transitioning more into like, and I think finding a better way to, uh, write for how I market myself, which is the other thing is how you present yourself as your branding and you need it to make sense for what you're performing. Um, so we are, or I am, I think finally getting a, a handle on that, but, uh, yeah, I don't remember what the original question was, and that is all I have to say for now. <laughs> you answered it. And I have noticed that, too, with your newer songs. It's very much more straight rock with elements of blues. It matches your playing, matches your voice. It's really good, and I think it makes sense for you to continue to go in that direction. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited about what we're going to be tracking, and especially for the song that Tuck and I wrote. I mean, I came to Tuck and... and actually... Well, I need to know how you got hooked up with Tuck, because I love Tuck Smith. That Battle of the mm -hmm. Misfit Youth record is awesome. Beautiful record. Um, yeah, so actually, um, he's his band was opening for Ace One Johnson's band, and I was stuck playing down on Broadway. But um, so I think John, my guitar player, texted me because he went to the show, and he said, hey, we're all hanging out at this bar by the venue. You should come. So I went, I got drunk very quickly. And uh, first and foremost, we had a call to Ace One Johnson for no reason other than saying, hey, dude, I'm sorry you missed your show, but we're all drinking. You should come out. And he was like, I literally just played and went home. Like, I'm not going to come back around. We're going to see him in Dallas. So that's fine. But yep. that was my first phone call. My second conversation was to accost Tuck Smith, who, you know, I've been following each other for ages and I'd never met him in person and finally met in person. And I think right off the bat, I was like, Tuck, I want to write a song with you. And he was like, uh, okay, what do you want to write? And I was like, I don't know, but I want to write a song with you. And thankfully, he uh, gave me his number and was sober enough to remember the conversation. And so when I got a text the next day from him being like, hey, do you still want to write together? I was like, oh, shit, that wasn't like a fever dream. Yeah, I want to write together. So I went over to his place and, and he was like, look, I listen to all your music. You know, what are you kind of looking to do? And I said, honestly, Tuck, I think what we need at this point, or what I need is a song that is in the style of like, Mother by the Amazons or like, uh, you know, like, uh, like Rival Sons or Larkin Pope, just something that is anthemic and very uh, like dirty rock. And he said, I got you. And we came up with this great song. And it's honestly one of my favorite songs that that I've done. And, and Tuck is a beautiful person to work with. So he's mm -hmm. going to produce it. But um, yeah, so that's how Tuck Smith and I got linked up. Thank you, Alcohol. Thank you, Lakeside Bar. Thank you, Nashville. That is and awesome. You're, and you're a big Simpsons fan. So I'm going to throw this quote at you. Alcohol, the, the cause of and solution to all life's problems. <laughs> Didn't, didn't Homer Simpson say something like that once? Yes. Your goggles. Yeah. Yeah. Surly yeah. <laughs> looks out. I just saw that you posted the the Ramones doing Mr. Burns's birthday. Yeah. Yep. Rolling Stones killed. But sir, that was the I said what I said. Like it's just perfect. <laughs> I love it. Um, Brian, I think it's probably a good time to uh, we're catching up a little bit with Leilani. What's going on outside this tour? Um, anything else going on that you want to bring up with you before we hop over to see what's going on with Aaron? With me? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Just, good. We've <laughs> we've got we've got the uh, <laughs> we've got the, the the tracking scheduled, or we're working on scheduling the tracking for next month. We're finally gonna we're gonna do an in studio version cover of Jolene finally. After playing it live, for... you, that's I would say you guys. I've heard you play that a couple times live. It's a great version. Thank you. Yes, we're finally going to do that. We're gonna we're gonna we've got some songs that we've been playing for a while that just need to be recorded so people are familiar with them. Um, 
I do have a new line of merch coming out that I have paid a lot of money to have designed and printed, and I am very excited to share it. And they're going to be taking care of drop chicken because anybody who's ever ordered anything from me knows that it takes 36 to 58 business days for me to actually get it out. So that's going to be handled. Is that UPS Probably. unground? <laughs> that's USPS label printed at my house and me having to walk half a mile and get my shit together, which does not happen for four to eight. Save times. yourself some time, no matter where you're at in the U.S., just drive to Leilani's house and pick it up and drive back because you'll get it quicker. <laughs> you will. But we finally have a new, new nylon merch coming out that I feel is, uh, you'll see it when you come out to our shows. I am yeah. super excited to get to share it. We're finally getting our, you know, just branding together. Um, yeah, just the new music. And then I'm trying to think if we have any really cool shows coming up. Um, every show is cool. Um I don't think so, but uh, I am doing uh, this this Dallas gig next. God, this week with um, we'll do the Durantial Taylor thing, and then Ace Von Johnson is actually emceeing at this charity gig that we're headlining. So I'm gonna we're trying to figure out what we can get Ace up on. So that's gonna be super neat. And that is. So all- let me jump on that real fast. The All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast is part of that charity. We have a T-shirt package, three sh- shirts, three different sizes, and. An opportunity to co-host the All Things Blues and Southern Rock podcast and interview Ace Von Johnson. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah I know cool. Richard and Ace, and we hooked, we figured some things out. So, and I asked Brian, and Brian is he loves charity yeah. stuff. So Jason's the brains behind all that. It's so great having Jason. He comes up with these ideas, and I'm like, yep, 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 sure. <laughs> As if I'm ever gonna say no. It's like he's a good boss. Work? I'll say you that. do he's all the work. Right? Yeah, sure. I'm just gonna kick back, relax, enjoy my diet Mountain Dew. Yeah, <laughs> come up with all the ideas. This idea that you have, Jason. Let me see it how when it's done. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I think. Oh, we are working on tour schedule for uh quarter one, quarter two next year. I think we're gonna finally try to make it over to the West Coast, which um back to my roots. Um, so that'll be super cool. Yeah, I think just uh, getting the new music in place and getting, you know, the North Shore artists, Aaron and I's booking company has been fantastic to work with and um, just getting all of that rolling. And we are looking to pitch as, you know, support for bigger acts. So I think there's going to be some really cool shit that happens next year. And I think it's just a, you know, just a matter of staying tuned and finding out what it is. I put the Julianne Shaw Taylor thing on a silver platter for you and you just like jumped over it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, well, it's uh, Joanne and I are, are are buds, and she's just uh, one of my favorite people of all time. And honestly, uh, the fact that they even asked me to play for her, I think, is uh, highly irresponsible on their part. But I really appreciate the opportunity. Just give her a bunch of shrooms and put her in a dirty hotel room. We we haven't been able to get her on the podcast yet, either, so I'll put Listen. in a good word for you. <laughs> it's not her fault. It's like PR when PR, they have time. Same thing with some other. It's just you know it's. Brian and I have have to work for a living too. The podcast doesn't pay the bills. It may sound like it because it's super, <laughs> you know, professional. <laughs> no, no. Um, when is that show or how many shows are you doing with her? It's just the one. It's just the one because um, that's not really my, it's not really my story to tell. So I'm not going to share it, but uh, I don't know. It uh, was a bit of an uh, caught off guard situation. Um, and she just needed someone who was available in town to play the gig. And I was like, well, okay. we're not. The Nashville show. Nashville show at Third and Lindsley. She's opening for um you might know this. Hold on. Let me do let me find out what I'm playing. So first of all, it's Joanne Shaw Taylor. So it's gonna be a great show. She's playing a couple of songs. It's for uh, a radio station uh charity thing, I think. 
and um it will be broadcasted live at the time of the show on the radio uh website and uh it is opening for uh luther dickinson from nice yeah yeah north mississippi all-stars the Batman, awesome the black crows yeah yeah, so September 15th at noon, I think, is when we play. So you can, if you go to uh, WMOT Roots Radio, I think you can listen to it live on there or just come to the fucking show. I saw Luther two weeks ago playing with the Bagman, that blues trio with uh, Nick Gorvick and Steve Gorman in, in Northern Kentucky. It was awesome. Hmm. That's killer. It was. It was outstanding. Luther is a master of his craft. He's the man. I'm really looking forward to seeing him. Yeah, if, really- I ever, if we ever get a chance to interview him, Brian, I'm going to ask him what it's like to be a guy that plays guitar. You should. <laughs> yes. What's it like to be a dude that plays guitar? <laughs> God, just Has anybody ever that. asked you to show your ankles on stage because you're not showing up skin Luther? <laughs> oh my God. All right, Aaron, what's going on with you? We talked a little bit about this lace, uh, this partnership you have and some transition with your music. What, what's going on outside this fire and fret store? Yeah, well, first, uh, on this tour, I will be buying a t-shirt from your new merch, Leilani. That is awesome. Very excited to see it. Um, But yeah, uh, besides the tour, uh, it's just working on the new album. I mean, there's um, a lot. I'm I'm co-writing this album with my bass player, Tim. And I have never really co-written an album before. I've I've co-written, I think, one song out of all the songs. Is he newish, like within a year or something of the Yeah. Yeah, 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 he is. And um, he's freaking awesome. Both him and Brandon are amazing. But Tim and I are the one that, that are writing. We, I, I, Tim and I first wrote together like a while. It was a while ago. It was like when he first came on board and it was awesome. I was like, I've never had a co-write experience like that. Like I've done co-writes before, but that was like, you know, like when you find that one person that's just like, oh my gosh, like everything just works really well. Even when you have disagreements, like there's a way that we'll talk about it and get through it and find a good compromise. Um, but yeah, it's been amazing writing with him and some of the stuff we've come up with. And we just did, um, I have my studio. So right now I'm in my recording studio. This is the control room. And my dad actually built this, which is awesome. And I, I helped a little bit, but- Is your dad a lawyer? He's not a contractor. He's not a contractor. No, yeah, he's he's in law. So <laughs> he, he uh, but he he knows how to build stuff. He, he calls it like uh mick coburning because brandon's dad my drummer's dad he can like he's an engineer so when he builds things it's on another level so dad always is like well it's not going to be like brent but i can do it <laughs> <laughs> so but this the studio is awesome and uh we did uh I, t- I told him about what we needed because in when i went to cleveland to study i learned about like building recording studios so i knew what we needed but i just couldn't actually do the manual labor because i was also gone on the road so but he he built this and it's amazing so we're recording the whole album in here um and i'm doing all of the initial like mixing and then sending it off to the uk to get mixed by uh george lieber so and he's the one that worked on loathe sleep token monuments a bunch of the big people that i look up to so it kind of feels unreal <laughs> Sounds yeah. like Leilani, you need to come record a song with uh, Aaron up at her studio. I was also going to say, when another thing I'm working on is when I have like people come stay here, like Leilani or like bands that are coming through. Because whenever, because this, this house actually used to be, I live with my parents because uh, I'm still a starving artist. So, so yeah, and but, sorry, I have so much coffee today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a third of a cup is a is a lot, um, but. We had the idea of like whenever musicians come and stay here, because this used to be a bed and breakfast, this house did, 
that like they'd have you know free food and like have a place to stay and then also they could record like do a session if they wanted like oh you need a demo for like done for whatever like i'll do it free of charge because it's still learning for me like i get to you know run another session but you know we can also create content like do like youtube videos and stuff so that's just an idea but because i would love for artists to have that when they come here like you know i want i want my friends happy <laughs> But yeah, that's that's what's been going on. Just lots of lots of new new album stuff and getting this new sound ready. And I'm rebranding, so I will no longer be Aaron Coburn. I will be Coburn. So it's uh, we got all the copyrights in place for that. We're getting the website built out, and uh, I, I was gonna switch over my artist name like on Spotify and Apple Music, like from Aaron Coburn to Coburn. But I think I'm just gonna create an entirely new artist account and start from from zero with Coburn. So huh? it's a bit of a challenge, but congratulations. But Thank you, thank you. <laughs> I'm a little nervous, but I'm I'm excited because it feels it feels right. I feel like Erin Coburn is, she's like the younger version of me, and Coburn feels like who I am now. It's like Bon Jovi. Yeah. So yeah. What's up with the Strandberg guitars? Oh yeah. Um. Well, I've been creating content for them, and they've been sending me like I get like. They, they send guitars, like little loner guitars and stuff for me to like make content with and like try out. I can talk about it with them and stuff. So um, still going on with that process. It's pretty cool. So I'm hoping, um, I don't know if I can talk about this yet, but with Lace, there's something extremely exciting happening in the future <clears throat> that uh, has the word signature in it. That's all I'm going to say. So I'm okay. hoping with Strandberg that there's something in the future after that releases. But uh, I think- Potentially a signature Strandberg guitar Maybe. Could be cool. Yes, kind of, yes. Sorta. But the lace thing is happening first. So, <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Bad Cat Amps? So Bad Cat, I haven't really done much with them actually recently because I haven't been touring with an amp. Uh, I still use their stuff in the studio. I have a, I have like a, um, I use a Bad Cat head and then I use my torpedo capture device and I will reamp things and use that some sometimes for recording, but I don't use it a lot for tour. So I love them, but it's a lot easier when we have like 15 minutes for changeover. I use a quad cortex now, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm actually modeling things. And with the new album, I'll be able to have more consistent tones because I'm using a ton of neural stuff on the new album. And with this new update, hopefully neural has soon, um, I'll be able to use all of those sounds I had on my album right into the quad cortex and it'll be really similar to how it was recorded. So yeah, it's been all, all modeling stuff. And it's, it's been good because we use in-ears on the road too, which is what I'm using right now. And uh, it makes it makes the stage volume really quiet. You, you're breaking out the ukulele on this tour. Oh yeah, yeah, the ukulele is still happening, and the cigar boxes too. We the lunch boxes are even bigger hit than uh, the ukes recently. People, the people spider, you got a Spider Man boxes. and a Star Wars or something, right? Correct. Yes, a yeah. Spider Man lunchbox and a Star Wars lunchbox. Leilani, oh, uh oh, she's out. She's like she disappeared. En enough about Aaron. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hopefully she comes back in. <laughs> I'm done. No, that's that's really cool, and I, I you know I'm looking forward to see what comes out with any signature products from you for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, the Star Wars lunchbox is very angry. I have to change the pickups in that. I think I'm gonna do a lace pickup because whatever pickup is in it now, I don't know what it is. It's so loud. Like I bring that out, and the sound guys are like, "Whoa!" <laughs> so the Spider-Man one's definitely a lot more well behaved. <laughs> How'd you get hooked up with lace pickups? 
Uh, actually, a guy named Steve RV, uh, he is doing lace pickups. I don't know why I grabbed this, but he's doing um, videos for lace pickups and he works with them a lot too. So um, I met him at the Cigar Box Festival um, that we played last year in New Orleans. And he was so much fun. Like he has 10 times the energy of me and it is awesome. He's like, <laughs> How was that? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't believe that, Brian. I don't believe anybody has 10 times the energy of Aaron. You got to meet him. He's great. He's amazing. But he introduced me. He got, he hopped on a call. He got me on a call with Lacey. He's like, you got to meet these people. And they were like, you got to meet her. And so I met him and like, oh my God, they're the sweetest people. And they're like family and just hearing their story. And, you know, just, I, I, I played Laces once before and it was like in some guitar store, but I wasn't too familiar. So I was like, I haven't played a lot of your products. Like, are you okay with sending me some stuff to try? And they sent it and I'm like, wow, this is cool. So um, yeah, it's been a dream working with them. I love them. <laughs> That's really cool, man. Uh, Thank you. And I can't wait to hear what sounds you make out of your guitar and these new Thank pickups. You. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. Brian, what do you got for Aaron? Because cause now oh. Aaron's solo. It's a solo It's a solo interview. Maybe yeah. even his phone died. That happens. It could, it, yeah, it does happen. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. I was going to try to email invite her back in, but. I've been in like an interview before. My whole Wi-Fi decided to like just shit out. Oh, and I was like, I yeah. am so sorry. <laughs> it it ha stuff happens, you know. What whatever, not a big deal. Yeah. yeah, I saw your buddy Scotty Brasher a couple weeks ago. He played down no in downtown Dayton with Noah Hunt. It was awesome. Yes, I saw videos of that man. He's his his rig is just frick ridiculous. It's amazing. I I you know we'll talk sometimes like on Instagram about like you know guitar stuff and rig stuff, and it just blows my mind. He is so knowledgeable with amps and pedals and it's it's crazy he runs like i think isn't like two cabs on stage or like mm -hmm. maybe three i think he's ran three before it's something crazy like that great tone and he's a hell of a player yeah. too yeah yeah he is yeah him and, and noah watherspoon too i i haven't seen noah watherspoon in a while and i really want to see him see him live oh, it was again. no it was noah hunt not noah watherspoon oh no i know i was just bringing up noah watherspoon oh okay no, <laughs> My my band played with Noah Weatherspoon a long time ago when we first That's got awesome. rolling, and he was a blues artist, and we were like our Americana, punk, whatever. It was, but he was, he I, he was probably eighteen, nineteen years old. He was incredible. Oh yeah, he he is. He's a monster, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I think he played in front of us, and we're like, oh great, like he just went and you know did all this crazy shit on guitar. Now you get to listen to us be jangly and like rockabilly oh. like americana so all right i isn't it there's it's funny like some shows are, I, i've had i've had experiences where like we were opening for a jimmy buffett cover band rest in peace jimmy buffett but we were oh. we were opening for a jimmy buffett cover band and but it was just weird because i'm like uh i hope these people like us because it was all, you know, you know what Jimmy Buffett music is. And then yeah. ours is oh, like, you know, and it's like, then we got done and people liked it, which was good. But I was so nervous for that show because I'm like, are you sure? Like I was talking to the to the guy that booked it. I'm like, are you sure this is going to work? <laughs> so, yeah, she's back. Wait, there's no, Can no you vocals. Hear there we yeah, go. There you are. So, so the question is, how many times have you opened for a Jimmy Buffett cover band, Leilani? <laughs> um i did stay i haven't ever opened for jimmy buffett cover band but i did once stay uh with my punk band at margaritaville and Ooh. in oklahoma and um that's, that's, that doesn't sound right no 
it, uh, no, it was the most bizarre situation. And I just remember sitting in Margaritaville restaurant with my bass player and we were either drunk or hungover or both. And uh, I don't know if you know this, but at Margaritaville, like every hour they do like a thing where this giant blender in the corner of the room like it's like a storm's coming in like a tropical storm so there's thunder and lightning and air raid sirens which we were not aware of and then they fill up this giant blender with like green liquid and then they sing a song about i'm assuming hurricanes or something and then it empties out and that's the whole thing but we didn't realize that was an, an event that goes on uh every hour so it scared the um we thought we were going to die frankly oh that's when you take <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> that was, yeah. So you were actually on mushrooms, so that didn't actually happen. <laughs> oh yeah, that's gosh. right. We were probably just sitting in like a 7-Eleven bathroom and <laughs> up knocking at the door. But uh, <laughs> I have a question, and this is just random. What are mushrooms like? I don't I'm this is probably gonna get real deep, but like because I've I've the only drug I've ever done is weed, and it sent me to paranoia central, so I can't touch anything. So like do you think someone that has paranoia that, that would because I that, I want to try it, but do you think it would yeah. You know, for the longest time I couldn't do I couldn't do marijuana either because of the same reason. And yeah. I found out because I do have anxiety and I have um insomnia and things like that. I did find out and ADD that um I react well I don't I don't react well to a certain strain of weed. Sativa I cannot do because that's when I get paranoid. I can't be around people. But I have and maybe it's just because um I've aged a little bit, my brain's changed a little bit, but Certain strains of indica or hybrid strains in small amounts actually help me relax and and focus a little bit. So I I have to be careful when it and I don't do drugs like I don't I, I'm not like a we were just in a situation where thank you to uh well it wasn't really them dirty roses's fault but we were out of the yes it was <laughs> I'm seeing them tomorrow to and I'm gonna tell them it was their fault. fault we know, we know. <laughs> but do uh, tell the story. We were at a festival with them and there was somebody on site at the festival who was selling legal like mushroom edibles and things like that. And my bass player and I, uh, it was like the last show of our run. And we were like, yeah, let's just get some. Why not? You know, no big deal. And then we ended up getting, we weren't stuck. With, we ended up hanging out with them Dirty Roses the entire day at the festival. And so we're talking like jello shots and whiskey shots and beers and oh, cigarettes. Oh, you drink with those guys? Yeah, I mean, so it was like <laughs> the whole nightmare. And I love, I absolutely adore those guys. Yeah, they're um, good dudes. They're good dudes. Eventually, like, it got to the point where we were just like, Josh and I are like, well, let's just like have some mushrooms and see what happens. So my experience with mushrooms, I've only done them twice. Um, I just, you just get really bubbly and happy. And that's, you know, and then uh, if you have enough of them or too many of them, like we did, then you hallucinate. And then uh, Josh apparently does not enjoy being at a day's in while on mushrooms, but I had a great time. So... <laughs> I think it's all it's all circumstantial. I think also Not like really. the mindset that you go into and the people that you're around makes a pretty In big setting. Difference. I've heard that. Yeah, I watched like a, a documentary yeah. about it. Like, but there the, these people were doing it in like a like a facility, but it wasn't like a like a hospital like vibe. It was every like a like a chill meditation retreat kind of vibe. But there were like people that were very uh, well versed in like mushrooms and like how to calm people through trips and stuff. It was interesting. Uh, it was kind of cool to hear because like all I think about when I think of mushrooms is like how they portray it in the movies. Like everything's melting and like it's like red, orange, yellow, green, blue, purple, yeah, like that's that kind like, of vibe. Yeah, yeah. it probably could be like that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, I've never. I I try to be. You know, if I am doing psychedelics, which is like maybe once every three or five years. Um. 
we, we, you know, I try to make sure that I'm, I'm not going to be losing my mind. And as far as my parents are concerned, I have never done any drugs or alcohol in my life. So, sorry. <laughs> but Don't uh, let them listen to the podcast. <laughs> what interview? Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I, 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 cause I am somebody who also, I worry constantly about getting stuck in an anxiety or paranoia situation. I, I, I tend to, if I ever do decide to, uh, imbibe, then I'm, I try to be very responsible with what I'm doing and be very aware of how I'm feeling and not, not end up in a situation I don't want to be in. So that's, that's, that's smart. Like don't don't be impulsive. You need to think about it. And... Which is the exact opposite of what, especially my bass player, Josh Meyer. Like, I mean, we are the definition of road impulsive. Um, <laughs> literally we were in Knoxville. We, have you ever been to press pub, Aaron? Do you know yes. That yes. Been there, played there. Yep. It was our second night of our residency and we're all hanging out after the show and it's one o'clock in the morning. Cause you play four hours there. And yeah. my bass player comes over to me and I think John, my guitar player and I were just having a couple of beers or something. And Josh comes over and goes, do you want to do mushrooms? And I was like, do you have mushrooms? And he goes, no, but that guy over there does. And I was like, oh, the stranger <laughs> at the bar who's bought us every format of liquor that's ever been invented in various forms of shots. That guy has mushrooms. And so lo and behold, we did mushrooms and ended up in parking lots in Knoxville. But point being, <laughs> like not being impulsive is not, that's not, I am, a, do you see my arms? Like <laughs> the definition of my existence so uh Relatable. i'm sure there's probably proper ways to take drugs in a non <laughs> i wouldn't know what that is be in nature camping just be in nature get yeah. away from i'm gonna say you need a trip sitter or something so leilani will guide you through your mushroom trip there we go i did this Out thing. In nature camping yes i i like that like i, I did this thing with um I went to one of Victor Wooten's like music camps when I was younger and it was music and nature based and it was so cool. Like he had this like this guy here guy there that was like this nature like expert and like we learned how to make fire and like things like that. But also like they did this thing where like you take your shoes off and they blindfold you and then you walk through the woods completely silent. And you just like, and the, all you're holding on to is this little rope that's tied to like the trees and like following that. And then when you make it to the end of the path, you sit down and you sit there until the rest of the people are there. And then like, then you talk about it after, but like, I feel like that it probably like on like a mushroom thing would be a cool experience. Cause it was that already, like I, I wasn't on anything, but that already was just like, wow, I wanted to cry. And like a lot of people did. <laughs> it was cool. It was really cool. I feel like that's something that, you know, is, is hard to, it's so it's like important to have moments like that. I asked some some core memories just from growing up in Washington, where it is very much like you are grounded and you are disconnected from like, you know, phones weren't, nobody was on their phones. Nobody was talking about social media. It's just, you're actually just very rooted and present. And I feel like something like that is an emotional thing, especially for people like you and I, and if you're in a music camp, especially, I mean, we're all just by nature being artists uh emotionally driven people so it's awesome that you had that experience i feel like that's something that um it's kind of a lost art nowadays totally yeah it's it's cool like i feel like i find myself watching videos about it though which is funny because like i'm on my phone watching nature videos when i could have just like step outside and go be in nature like this is very unhealthy <laughs> but you're right it is a lost art so it's it's kind of cool to uh to go reconnect maybe maybe the maybe we'll take a a band trip on this uh on this fire and frets tour and go take our shoes off and run through the woods somewhere that'd be fine 
We do love taking band trips. I, I will alert you now. We love a good nonsensical band road trip. Have you yes. opened for a Jimmy Buffett cover band? I have, yes. Um, and I was mortified because I like when they like when the agent for that like reached out, he was like, "Yeah, we're gonna have the Jimmy Buffett cover cover band," and I was like. <clears throat> Okay, I think uh, are we are we are we supposed to be playing different music or are we allowed to play what we normally play? They like, just play what you normally play. They'll love you. I'm like okay, and we did, and it was fine. But I was so nervous because I'm like, you know, we're kicking plants around stage, fake plants, kicking fake plants around the stage and jumping around and moshing, you know. So it was interesting. Yeah. And if Have you, you ever want had, a true, if you want a true adventure, go out drinking with them, dirty roses, and report back. Yeah. To us. <laughs> Also, if you come out of a blackout in a Tijuana jail, yes, wow. that, is, <laughs> that is that would be that situation for sure. There is a lost <laughs> podcast with them, Dirty Roses, that I did at the beginning of the summer when they were at some podunk place in Ohio. That I think crimes were committed on it, so it's been buried. <laughs> I love them. We ended up, uh, they're awesome. Josh and I were on drugs, they were all drinking. Uh, our drummer who's sitting in with us for the festival who's just subbing in who is good kid too guy. nice guy we met him yeah the, uh, yeah you did meet him jordan yeah. he really they, he nearly died i mean literally to the point where we were like all right we're gonna have to babysit jordan make sure that he gets back to nashville conscious and <laughs> intact mentally and emotionally they end up like barefoot racing them dirty roads like they literally like all the vendors had gone home there is nobody at this festival site except for us and the dirty roses and they're like sprint racing across the like track or something at like two or three o'clock in the morning and like <laughs> we're all sitting around drinking beers and cheering it's just fucking nonsense <laughs> they're the best people i love them they are awesome and now like a couple of them are married one just had a kid like i'm like they're like I told them they're getting responsible, and I didn't like it. <laughs> them responsible? <laughs> I would love to see that. Well, I mean, I think if you get married and start having kids and stuff, you sort of have to be a little bit. I guess so. I don't know. I'm not a kids person. Yeah. Uh, I. It's great when they move out of the house. <laughs> 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 I love my kids. Uh where was I going to go? Leilani, that, that question came up with that conversation because we were talking about some Dayton area artists that we know. And we had this one really a teenager at the time, like kick-ass blues artist play in front of us where we're this rockabilly uh, Americana style band. And then she talked how the, she played for a Jimmy Buffett cover band. And that's when you rejoined the conversation. So just FYI, how, how we got to where we are now. Have you had any gigs where you're opening for someone and it's like a total opposite genre? Cause we've also opened for like a death metal band when we were like blues rock. And that was weird as fuck. Cause people were moshing to the blues. So yeah. Limp Biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. Like oh, Lita Ford, yeah. Get, but Limp Biscuit, I was like, are you sure? Like, <laughs> I know we all start like with L's. Are you just looking for like <laughs> form of like alliteration? Lita, Limp Biscuit, the three L. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I was concerned. I mean, I was like, who the fuck? Like, do do they know what we do? Like, this is not. This makes no sense. But it went great. So, did you watch cool. their set? I did. Actually, eventually, I had to leave because I have never heard subwoofers 
so loud oh in my, my life. But I was in front of West Borland for as long as I could stand to be. And he came out <laughs> wearing a like a, a a skeleton onesie, like a pair of pajamas, like onesie. <laughs> And like a skull face paint over his mustache, which is one of the most impressive things I've ever seen pull off. Um, I don't know how you face paint your mustache, but he did it. And he does not look like a human. He looks like an animal. He's terrible. And I I think I'm sexually attracted to him. And <laughs> it was fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I stuck around for as much as I could. I'm sure that we've, I, I know that we've opened for other, or we actually had, um, we did have like some weird, uh, I was playing with Jossie. And the opening band for that date in Chicago um, was this band where it was like a industrial punk band and it was like kids that were like college age, but the lead singer would just say random shit. Like there was no lyrics or singing. It was just a lot of screaming. And then he would just say really bizarre things at odd times. So it was like, like uh, almost like freeform art. Wow. So that's an odd opener. I'm sure that we've had opening slots for people that didn't make any. any was it the Night Beast? No, I can't remember the name of the band, okay. but it was just like it was the most. And I wish I could remember some of the things that he's. I think like we we were like walking out of the venue to go get like, I don't know something, and we walked by them and they were playing, and we just heard him just the music stop, and he just go, "You like <laughs> and then like a heavy breakdown. So it was just like, <laughs> What the fuck is going on? So anyway, I'm sure that there have I'm sure that we have had some odd opening slots, but I couldn't remember at the moment. That is awesome though. Oh my gosh. Interesting. Fred Durst had what what's that? Oh just yeah, just he just said bizarre shit. Which I I'm all for. Actually, the weirder your band, the better. True. Take take notes, Aaron, for this tour. Just do something where you're just randomly spouting out some things for Leilani. Okay, I'm gonna stop and I'll I'll repeat that line. The 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 grand what was it? Your grandfather? He looks <laughs> my grandfather. Oh my gosh! Okay, I won't aim it at you. I'll aim it at someone in the audience. <laughs> Blow their minds. It's perfect. Fred Durst and Limp Bizkit had one chance to be cool in my mind. And Aaron, you may remember this. A few years ago, there was a rumor that at a certain gas station in Dayton, that Limp Bizkit was going to show up to play it. Do you remember that? no what must, it was I like a big social media like it was like even a national thing it's like some been... weird random gas station downtown dayton when was this like a couple years ago yeah it was like three or four years ago i can't remember if it was right before the covid thing started or right yeah. when the covid thing started and mm. uh he never showed up. And I thought that would have been pretty badass if you had this like national social media thing going on and like Fred Durst yeah. just shows up with like a, you know, a microphone and a monitor and just yeah. did some shit. That's kind of, that's a cool concept, like playing. Cause I, I've seen people like uh, the artist Youngblood, like he'll have like a fucking concert on a, on the top of his tour bus in the middle of the street, like goals. But no, I didn't hear about that. Interesting. That would have been Google cool. It. It, yeah, was a, I will. it was a big thing. It was a big thing a few years ago. And like, he would have been a hero in my mind. He didn't do yeah. it. Not a like a, like, like a thousand or so people showed up at this gas station. The police had to come because it's like a small little downtown gas station, right? There's like not the space for anything. Yeah. So. Interesting. Yeah. Brian, do you have any other questions for our friends here? Mm, I don't know. I don't think so. I'm just enjoying listening. I have a question. Yes. Yeah. All right. 
Um, vocal warm-ups. That's my chair, by the way. I'm not, like, farting on a podcast. My chair just makes a lot of noise. quit farting on the podcast. <laughs> Jeez Louise! Yeah, I already talked about how I didn't wear deodorant on the last podcast. Not to bring up Jay's again, but there is a small little nugget of information in there that uh, I kind of regret saying, but it's it's cool. I um, talks all the time. It's fun. Yeah, it's like there's no filter. It's just the impulsiveness. <laughs> um, what was I saying before talking about my chair farting? Uh, oh, vocal warm up. Yeah, I have a question. So, what, what bring bring me through? Like, how do you not even vocal warm ups? Just just warm ups. How do you prepare? Because I love asking artists this for a show. Like, what's your ideal of like? All right, if you're gonna get ready for a show, what has to happen? Um. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I. I... I used to have pretty bad stage fright. I think we all did. And then you kind of grow out of it. But um, now more than anything, I just have like semi-nervous excitement. It's not really, a, uh, it's not really um, anxiety, but it's just like a, like impatience. And so ultimately what I try to do is I like having plenty of time backstage to equate myself with the venue and the building. And I like to have a good sound check to make sure that I feel secure in what we're going to be walking up and, and doing. Um, if I have any rituals, like we do a pre-show band shot, that is our ritual. We'll always, uh, if they drink liquor and, and uh, or not liquor, but they drink like brown liquids, I do clear liquids. So we'll do like a little band shot. Um, we kind of like to just have as a, as a unit, as the band, just to feel, I think, relaxed going into it as a team. We like to have time to um, chill you know, and just kind of decompress. I personally try to do vocal warmups, you know, I'll try to just make sure that upper register is good. Um, I'm not going to be like, um, uh, panting my way through, uh, vocals. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think ultimately like I just tried, and I know that you talked about this when it comes like you say that you try to like control your breath. I try to just make sure that I'm not going to walk up there a nervous ball of energy and, uh, you know, just, um, have, have something go wrong because I'm, I'm in a weird mental state. I think just ultimately just feeling calm and collected and having the mindset of like, we're going to go out there and kick ass rather than, Oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. I don't Absolutely. know. I don't have a ritual. I'm just, I'm bullshitting my way through an answer. I don't know. No, no. I'm, I'm just curious. Some, some artists are like, I have to shave my toes 10 seconds before we hit that <laughs> stage. You know, like it's something, I wasn't sure there's anything like specific, but no, that's a, I mean, that's cool. Like, I mean, I also know some artists that like want to get like, as nervous as possible before they go on show and release nervous energy. So it's nice to like, to chill before. And like, yeah, I think that's- Yeah, I don't smart. know, but then also like, I feel like it's important to go out there and make sure that you are energetic as well. I yeah. think it's just yeah, finding, yeah. finding where to allocate that energy, you know, yeah. the right way, not um, having out of shakes, that kind of thing. Totally, totally. How about totally. after the show? Like if you know you, you gotta do some merch or small venue, you're gonna talk to people. Do you need like a certain amount of time is there like an adrenaline you need to come down from? Do you need like a little bit of quiet? How does that work for the both of you? I do. I mean, I love getting out and talking and I always make sure to let people know, hey, I'm going to be over the merch booth if you want to talk. I love getting to thank people and just talking. About You're it. a trooper. That Eaton show you were just at. Holy God. Oh, thanks. Well, I, I mean, that's kind of like how, I mean, that's how I try to address most shows. You know, if, if um, I do have moments though, because believe it or not, and I know we've talked about this, Jason, the whole uh, bipolar introvert mm -hmm. whatever that term was that we came up with i i do need just a couple of maybe just a couple of minutes to kind of just like have quiet and then get back into the mindset of um okay i'm a performer people just saw me on stage i need to present myself a certain way and make sure that i am really paying attention to people not just rushing through conversations and 
be present. So I will need a couple minutes sometimes to center myself. Also just make sure that my band is good. And typically if I'm going to go run merch, they need to take care of my equipment for me sometimes to make sure that they're okay, make sure the venue is good, make sure they don't need any more from me. And then I will go talk to people and, and just try to make sure that everyone um, that I can is aware that I'm, I'm grateful for them being there and build a connection. So yeah, I, I do need typically just a, a bit of space. Honestly, the hardest thing is by the time that's all over with, I could be, you know, I could be ready to go out and have a big night or sometimes I really just need to, to just be by myself. It kind of depends. How about you, Erin? Uh, it's, it's similar. Yeah. Um, typically like as soon as the show's done, um, I am breaking down equipment as fast as possible. If we run in-ears, then I usually have to break down the X32, but, uh, if we don't, then it's pretty quick getting off stage and then it's right to the merch booth because that's yeah just like Leilani like you want to know like there's lots of, I, so I'm always puzzled by the artists that don't go to the merch booth after the show so I mean some reason there's definitely good reasons like if you're like super sick obviously don't go spread your love but like you know but I don't know because like yeah, yeah like those people do come out to like see you and they you know pay for tickets or you know buy merch and like yeah the least that you can do is go go say thank you so definitely go to the merch booth see people say hi and I'm then curious. after yeah, like at what point? At what point as an artist do you go? I'm not going to go out to the merch booth today. Yeah, I know. I stop doing it. Like, I think when it becomes dangerous, that's the thing. Like, like Christina Grimmie being shot in the back of the head. At that point, she probably shouldn't have, or should have had more security. Not that it's not her fault. Like, obviously, that's not what I'm going with that. But, um, I mean, I had a stalker in Florida. We had the cops come, and like he had a gun in his car. He was going to kidnap me whoa. and take me away. Whoa. And I was fucking mortified after that. Like, wow. I was like, you know, I talked to like my mom and dad. I'm like, I don't know if I like, they're like, I don't know if we want to do like meet and greets anymore and like, or like things like that. And I'm like, but you know, there's always that risk. You can be shot anywhere. <laughs> so like, it, it doesn't matter. But um, that freaked me out a little bit, but you know, um, but yeah, after the merch booth, um, just pack up the van. I, I, I love doing Tetris in the back of the van. I have a specific spot where everything goes. And if someone else packs the van, I will have a heart attack. So <laughs> I pack the van and then we normally just go back to the hotel room. The guys will chill in their room because they, they're like night owls and I'll just go to bed. I'll take a shower and, um, and go to sleep. So, I'm so do, you have, do you have like an <laughs> adrenaline that you need to come down from or are you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But okay. the, the shower generally, genuinely helps. But I mean like right that. after the show. Like right after you're done oh. playing, is there, do you ever no, need I like just, a time or, or you I just, just pretty much. I okay. use that to bounce over to the merch booth because if I let myself go like calm down, then I'll be in like la la land while people are like, while we're trying to talk to people. So I need that. Like I need right to keep on. riding that. Otherwise I'll, I'll crash. So, I think yeah. Aaron just has energy constantly from what I've ever no. seen and known. <laughs> when I'm off tour, I go to bed at like around like eight thirty nine. Like I'll, wow. I'll I'll turn my phone off at eight and I'll read my book for like an hour. And I've been reading Death Note, <clears throat> great book. Um, but yeah, I, on tour it's it's different. Actually, Aaron, that's a really good point that you bring up. Yeah, like um, not actually being able to take the time because I now that now that you mentioned it, you're right. Um, I I try to not have too much time after a show to just sit because you do need to keep that going. At least I feel that way. So yeah. Yeah, because if you, I mean, like, it's nice, like, I, I agree with you, it's nice to have, like, that little second of, like, whoo, we did that, all right, I need silence, because <laughs> I, I agree, like, after, last that long, you know what I mean, like, I'm, yeah. like, I'm usually, now that I think about it, like, if I get off stage, and I have to go back to the dressing room for some reason, whether it's 
for whatever reason, like I will try to get back out of there as quickly as possible because I don't like making people wait and be because it's like, it's almost like a trap where it's like, if I stay in for too long, I don't know if I'm going to make it out. Exactly. Yeah. I feel that. The socially bipolarness will rear its ugly head. <laughs> yep. Exactly. You still need that song, Leilani. You still got to do That's got to be one of your like socially bipolar. That's true. That might yeah. be like a beat creeps, more of a beat creep song though. Cause I can hear kind of like the, Socially bipolar, you know. That sounds that sounds more Valley <laughs> <Ellie> than mine. <laughs> <laughs> so he's not socially bipolar. He's just fucking nuts. So, <laughs> well, he lets you horsewhip him or whatever. Riding crop. Oh yeah. Planter, plant, plant, whatever. It's well, called. I have one last song. <laughs> song. I don't have any song. One last question. <laughs> Are you going to sing for us? Let's go. Oh, no. My wife right. stabbed me. That's why I learned to play guitar. So I never have to sing because I'm tone deaf completely, okay. terribly, terribly. <laughs> I might have to take lessons from you guys. Send me whatever your hourly rate. Email me. Um, <laughs> you guys are both tattoo advocates. Are we going to celebrate the end of this tour with a co-tattoo together? Ooh, I didn't think so about it, but I kind of fucking love that idea. Um. Yeah, we, uh, my band all, especially John, John and I both got tattoos at Sturgis because we were like, um, well, we need to commemorate this. And obviously being tattoo fans, I love a good road tattoo. I am absolutely not opposed. In fact, I was just looking at shops in Detroit the other day. I've and never gotten a tattoo on the road before. I've only what? gotten tattoos from fans and like friends. So that could be kind of cool to do it on the store. <laughs> That would make a great Instagram story for you guys both. Be yeah. Tattoo shop together, get matching tats. Matching tats. Matching is intense, but like the same vibe maybe from the tour. I don't know. I think just somebody's the fact that we... fire, somebody's frets. Come on. I don't know. I've got very specific things in mind. Layla and I didn't like that. <laughs> I think we both kind of. <laughs> I mean, we're talking some permanent, some permanent stuff here. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I know what style I like. I'm, I'm always happy to, I think that if, you know, if you do get a road tattoo, it should be somewhat commemorative. You know what I mean? Although I don't know, John, John got something that was Sturgis related. Mine's just, it's just, it's literally just a space filler. So it kind of depends, but I'm, I'm always down for a good, a good tour tattoo, at least to commemorate yeah. the tour. Is it like to you? Like it doesn't have to be like could be anything, but like you'll look at exactly. it and go, "I got that on that tour." Like, exactly. like it's yeah, I, I like that because I the journal Leilani, you have your tattoos. <laughs> the tattoos, you everything. It's like the movie Memento. It's like you know you have all the stuff tattooed, so you remember what's going on. Right, exactly. That's epic, epic. <laughs> Brian, what do you got for him? I got to say thank you so much for being here. We always have a blast. With all our guests, with you two, a lot of laughter. See, the thing is, like, the guests don't know that this really is like therapy for me. So, thank you for being my therapist. The quality of therapy, you know, could be in question or not, or good or good or better or not Depends bad. Depends on but... the subject and the person, just like the drug discussion. We're talking, <laughs> everybody's a little bit different, but people are sharing best ideas and practices. <laughs> Very respectful uh, yeah. conversations. Yeah. It was a very adult <laughs> conversation. Very mature. And like, <laughs> hey, we all love music. Y'all take it seriously. But I mean, I think we all don't take ourselves too seriously. And that's what I think makes our podcast different. Or, well, Jay, if he's here, then it's even more weird. <laughs> you know, it's supposed to be a music podcast. But a lot of <laughs> non-musical things get discussed every single time with every single guest. It's pretty... <laughs> 
you know, we get in the occult with Emily Wolf and we, you know, with you guys, it's just. But that's what's behind the music, though. Like, if you peel back music, everything that we talked about is the reason why music music is there. So, like, it influences you and helps you create yes. your art. Sure. Speaking yeah. of creating your art, where do people go to find out more about your art that you've created, your tour dates, even the fire and fret stuff, Leilani? Where do we send them? LeilaniKilgore.com or any of my social media platforms. I am currently locked out of my Facebook page. I have been for about two months. So uh, it's probably a little out of date at this point, but all of my dates are posted on my website, LeilaniKilgore.com. All of my music is posted on my website and um, all of that good stuff. Aaron, how about you? Uh, yep, yeah, AaronCoburn.com, E-R-I-N-C-O-B-U-R-N. Um, and then... Aaron Coburn official on all like on all um, platforms, social media platforms. Wow, hello bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> and where do we find out about the Fire and Frets tour? On I think either of our websites, and yep. also like on my Facebook page. Um, there's like I've been sharing the events out, so there's details on each event on like you know what time you gotta get there, where ticket links are, um, but that's also should be on the websites too. So. Yeah. Are you guys uh, sh- selling the show poster or the tour poster when you guys are going? It's a really, it's really cool. Oh, um, well, originally, originally we were supposed to. We're gonna do that. To be printed, yes. Uh, yeah. I, I haven't. Um, to be honest with you, I haven't thought about it, but we could probably, we could get some prints done. I'm sure if yeah. we we decided to. I, I'd be in the market. I'd love to have an autograph uh, of each poster so I can hang it up here on the, the walls of fame and Brian, you know, same too. Got to change Good my idea. background every once in a while. So anyway. Wait, what the heck is that in your hand? What are you, what are you doing? It's a pen. It's a pen. Okay. <laughs> it was like bent and like, I'm like, does she have looks a like, what, What's what on other instrument? It's not like a flute, but they call it a recorder. Like, oh, oh my God. God. It's a slide, slide whistle. whistle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Let's go. It was, it was, I couldn't figure out what that was. I'm like, what is that? Sorry. It's all right. It's all right. Brian, get us out of here. Thank you so much to Leilani Kilgore, Aaron Colburn. Thank you so much for being on. We love having you on. Can't wait to have you on again. Lots of laughs. Uh, very, very uh, uh, healing for me. Thank you for the therapy. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Thanks for having us. This is literally just cardboard. Like, I can literally just bite. <laughs> <laughs> i grabbed a pin because of you and i'm biting that you guys should have like an outro song that like everyone sings but it's all like out of like not on the same beat because it's all like latency but that'd be really fun well this is really this is the best outro ever so do you guys know the campfire song by spongebob go nuts gather uh, we'll, we'll around the campfire and sing our campfire song we love you to know it did you watch spongebob as a kid I did, but I don't remember that song. I just remember. My kids watch that. Uh, crusty pizza is the pizza for you. For you and me. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Now we know what song you guys are going. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Leilani. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. Thanks to Leilani and Aaron for coming on. You can always count on the two of them to create a lot of laughter when they're talking to us. Um. We get into a lot of just kind of weird stuff. It's almost like it's almost like when you're talking to Jay. Can I mention Jay some more? But I like are we on are, are we on the hook rocks or are we on all things blues and southern rock? <laughs> I don't know. But again, we made we we gave Jay a little crap 
good-naturedly for jumping yeah. ahead with Leilani and Aaron. But that's yeah. all right. You know, we, we like to set up the work for our friends and have them <laughs> have them encouraged from there. No, those two are funny. You know, we always have good conversations with Leilani a couple of times that she's been on there and throwing Aaron in the mix. It's it's a that's a nice vibe that they kind of both have. And it's a lot of fun talking to them. And we get off on subjects that don't really have a lot to do with music all the time. But hey, that's what makes us different. It's very cool that that they're this is you know they're both independent artists and this is their first kind of real kind of organized tour with a, another artist their first you know kind of co-headlining thing. Yeah, I thought that was nice that Leilani said this is really her first kind of expanded tour to three weeks and how many venues and and it's nice to go with Aaron who's been doing doing tours like this a little bit. So I'd like to you know like to hear what from uh, Leilani once she's off that kind of all she learned from it and all the experiences too it should be interesting yeah and to see more of this kind of stuff in the future you know hopefully you know maybe we can it's have a some, smart tour yeah maybe we can have some part of other bands getting together to do this we need yeah that's what we need to do you need to, you're you need to play matchmaker with these bands for tours and then we'll build up this up and then we'll eventually get to our, the dream of having the festival one day well, until we get to the dream of having the festival one day, always remember, Southern Rock is rabbit, blues is blood. We'll see you next time.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.